In the measure of our success, Marion Wright Edelman says, meditate and learn to be alone without being lonely. Learn to be quiet enough to hear the sound of the genuine within yourself so that you can hear it in other people. A few minutes every hour, a half hour every day, a day a month, a week a year, in dedicated silence is a goal to pursue. On this episode of Modern Faith, we're talking about strategies for spiritual wellness to help you attune to your interior life and get your spirit right. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Modern Faith, a podcast for the spiritual nourishment for today's millennial woman of color. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry. Thanks for being here. Greetings and salutations, family, and welcome to this episode of Modern Faith. I'm your host, Nichelle Guidry, and on this episode, we're discussing strategies for spiritual wellness. And I want to root this conversation in um, what I mean by spiritual wellness. And I'll kind of sketch it out by way of a metaphor. You know how maybe it's around New Year's or maybe you're getting ready to go back for homecoming or a high school reunion, or maybe you just got an unction that, you know what, I need to get my body right. I need to get in shape. And you all of a sudden decide that you're going to um, go to the gym and you're going to switch up your diet and you're going to switch up your habits um, and you're going to get more rest and maybe you're going to go see a nutritionist. Maybe you're going to go um, make a big pot of cabbage soup and eat it for a week or whatever it is. Oftentimes when we decide that we want to get physically well, um, we go hard in the paint and we want to see these results. And sometimes it's sustained efforts and sometimes it's a little bit of a spurt that we're on until we realize oh, this um, is actually going to be a harder process than I thought it was going to be. And, uh, you know, you just kind of come into the knowledge that if, you know, I'm going to get physically well, if I'm going to get in shape, if I'm going to get snatched, um, it's going to take a lot of work. And it does take a lot of work. Uh, like I said, it definitely takes um, exercise and dietary changes. It takes um, a reassessment of how healthy or not our habits are, all kinds of um, considerations. And eventually to really optimize our physical wellness, it requires somewhat of a life overhaul. I learned this earlier this year when I started working out with a trainer at the beginning of the year. Now I work out three or four times a week at Orange Theory, but um, I looked up at the end of 2018 and I discovered that I had picked up like a good like 17, 18 pounds <laughs> since moving back to Atlanta. And even though like I would look at myself and I'd be like, dang, like I'm looking really good. Curves are looking good. Body's looking like a woman's body. Um, 
clothes were looking good. I was feeling like, wow, I'm I'm really working. I also noticed that um, my my energy levels weren't really where I needed them to be in order to sustain my life, my active lifestyle. I um, wasn't sleeping through the night. And I don't know, I guess I just had this sort of like interior buzz that was always going on that resulted in a little bit of exhaustion just from the inside out. And so very quickly, I started to realize that if I was really going to get physically well, I needed to kind of get to the root of like what was bothering me on the inside. And what that led to was my uh, my Lenten journey this year. And I've talked about this in a couple of different spaces about how for the first time in years, I actually observed Lent this year. I went on this social media and digital detox and just really honed in on some silence and some spiritual self-care and intentional connection with God and uh, really discovered that once I really attuned to my inner life and I made it a priority to do my inner grooming and to connect with my spirit, there were many implications for my mental wellness and yes, even for my physical wellness. Um, once I got my, my spiritual wellness in order, and so what I mean when I say spiritual wellness is I mean um, not a state or a condition of being connected to God, but I mean a process, uh, a journey of becoming connected to God uh, that is an everyday process, an everyday journey that requires our attention and our intentionality every single day, but that results in um, a, a condition or state of being more rooted, spiritually grounded, um, clarity of thought, um, and peace. Even in the midst of what's going on, and even in the midst of these toxic news cycles, and even in the midst of what you might be navigating in your personal life, if you make it a priority uh, to attune to the Spirit and to hear something from God, I truly believe that those moments and those practices and that connection to our source has the ability to shift everything. It shifts how we move through the world. It shifts how we deal with ourselves. It shifts how we deal with people. It shifts how, how fragile we can be at the temperaments of other people. It shifts how um, vulnerable we are to all of these anxieties and fears that are running rampant through the nation. Like I said, I think the, the result of being mindful of one's spiritual wellness is really feeling rooted and grounded in what we know are higher truths and even in invisible realities, such as ancestors watching over us, angels guarding and protecting us, and a God whose hand is covering us. And these are the kinds of things that come from uh, being mindful and intentional and strategic about staying spiritually well. Just like when we want to get, you know, whip ourselves into shape physically, 
getting in shape spiritually requires just that much intensity and just that much mindfulness. So one of the, some of the things that I'm going to talk about today are some ways that we can kind of hone in on that spiritual wellness. And I know that this might not be the most popular way to talk about spirituality, um, but, uh, Spiritual discipline is a real thing. Um, and inside of the Christian tradition, we, you know, have very, uh, historic and centuries old spiritual disciplines, um, that were pioneered and used by, um, you know, our predecessors in the faith. And as, we look into the gospels that even Jesus himself um, utilized to stay connected to God and to stay rooted and grounded in his sense of purpose and calling. And as we talk about spiritual wellness and spiritual discipline, I first want to just kind of say, I don't that I, I don't want to take it for granted that, you know, we have a spiritual element of our lives, right? We're we're not just, you know, brains for processing information and producing knowledge. And we're not just bodies that are made for aesthetics and productivity. We are also comprised of spirits that um, are innately connected to God, but that need to be nourished and need to be fed. Uh, have you ever gone through some crazy situation or gone through some some season of of pressing and just kind of felt like man i I need to get my prayer muscles back I, I need a word i need I need uh some nourishment on the inside um, and I think it's been very interesting to me that in this age of sort of bastardized religion and white supremacist religion that um, a lot of us have seemed to um, throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't talk a lot about spirituality. We don't talk a lot about the fact that, you know, many of us are running on empty on the inside because we don't want to have anything to do with religion. I I can relate to that in many ways. Um, and it has taken some some development and some maturation over many years to be able to and even my theological education to be able to say that i don't subscribe to that um religion of white supremacy i don't even call that christianity i come in a line of african american black women and men who have found our our sense of grounding in the narrative of the gospel and have found a sense of belonging in the fellowship of kindred minds, as the hymn writer says, and who engaged in practices and rituals that connected us not only to our Africanist roots, but connected us to the God whom we believed saw us through and got us over. And so when I talk about spiritual wellness, I I don't mean this sort of um, get your spiritual high and then resume your 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 everyday life. I mean a full integration of 
practices, rituals, and attitudes and orientations to the world and to God that sustain survival and promote thriving in this crazy world. And I hope that that makes sense. And so back to spiritual discipline. Um, These are practices and rituals that connect us to the spirit and to God. Um, Practices by which we access the invisible realm um, and connect with God. Practices by which we conjure the spirit of God and express those spiritual, unseen, invisible aspects of who we are. We express uh, what's weighing us down. We express our vulnerabilities. We express our, our anxieties. Taking the time out to actually talk to God and being authentic in that expression has a way of lighting, lightening up that load that we often carry. There's a hymn that says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer, which is a tried and true, show enough, get you right, spiritual discipline, prayer. But anytime we apply discipline, it implies that we want to be intentional about exerting our effort and our energy and our devotion in a particular area of our lives. When we exercise discipline, we apply ourselves to certain activities in the hope and in the belief that it will yield a positive change. Like I, And so what are some spiritual disciplines? Some spiritual disciplines might include, like I said, prayer, talking to God. Um, you know, I, uh, am a person who, um, I, I just believe in prayer. When I woke up this morning, I had, um, you know, my devotion and as I was sitting and, you know, I tend to take a, um, no holds bar approach to prayer. At this point, me and God have been walking together for some years and God knows that I have a tendency to um, just go off script in prayer and say some things that I might have grown up believing that I shouldn't say to God. Um, but over the years, me and God have gone back and forth so many times that I have decided that if I can't be honest with God, if I can't bring my fullness with God to God, then I don't know if that's the God that I should be praying to. And so I've had to bend and flex theologically to be able to support a prayer life that is actually meaningful to me. And yes, prayer is about taking that intentional time to talk to God and to have some silence afterwards to hear from God. But prayer is also about praying as we go, about taking those moments during the day. Um, for example, when I'm walking from my office to Sister's Chapel and I'm walking by myself, I, may, I might just say, Lord, you know, help me get through the rest of this day. Give me a perspective for what's to come. Um, 
help me to remain fully present in this moment. And thank you for letting me make it through the morning, you know, and that might just be it. And I think when you're prayerful, it opens up your mind to all of the ways that God responds to prayer, whether it's in a conversation that you're having and, you know, you're like, oh, that's interesting. I was just praying about that or a song that comes on your radio or something that you end up reading or some even something that might show up on your timeline, you know, are ways that God talks back to us. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer. You know, we often engage it as a monologue, but it's really a dialogue. You know, if you have, if you're open to the ways that God talks back, it's actually quite amazing. Um, and it, and it really does feel like, wow, we have a little connection and it's really sweet. Um, more spiritual disciplines, uh, meditation as I um, signified in the opening quote from Marianne Wright Edelman. And there are many ways to meditate. Maybe you've done uh, Lectio Divina. Maybe you have done Taze. Uh, maybe you have the Shine app or the Headspace app that have guided meditations on them. I love both of those apps, by the way. Um, but Meditation is just that practice of honing in on your breath, honing in on your body, feeling where your body is talking to you, feeling where your body is tense or sore or where your body is holding something that is resulting in pain. Meditation is honing in on your breath. It's honing in on your body. But meditation is also honing in on the concept or a word that you're trying to magnify in your life. Like if you were to meditate on Psalm 30 verse 5, be still and know that I'm God. And take some time to just repeat that to yourself. And to just let it create some images in your head about what stillness looks like. And what stillness will produce in your life if you be still. That's meditation. I also believe in the practice of, or the spiritual discipline of affirmation. And some real spiritual people might be like, oh, I don't know about that. But let me tell you this. What you think you're doing when you speak over yourself? You're affirming yourself and affirming that you are God's child. And so um, earlier this week, I was um, with the incoming cohort of our wisdom scholars at um, at Spelman. And we did a practice called um, writing affirmations. And we listened to some, you know, some some gospel music that, that called our minds to a higher level. And then I just invited them in this spiritual moment and this space, write out what you believe about yourself. Write out what you believe God has said about you. And let's take that time to do that. And at the end of the exercise, I, I said, well, now let's affirm ourselves. And I heard my, my, my wisdom scholars say the most beautiful things about themselves. I am stronger than I thought I was. I am worthy 
I am intelligent. I am going to make it through this year. I mean, and I was like, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Um, and affir- affirmation is just being able to say good things about ourselves. Affirmation is being able to say out of our own mouths what we believe about ourselves. So whether your affirmation takes the form of I am statements where you're making declarative statements about who you are. I am a strong woman. I am rooted and grounded. I am creative. I am not easily moved. Um, or you are affirming the hopes and the dreams that you have for yourself. I affirm that, um, The people I meet will be made different because they've met me. I affirm that I am a light worker. I affirm that I am a healer. You know, um, I affirm that I will make my mark on this world. (laughs) You know, these are, these are the kinds of things that we can say out of our own mouths to begin to retrain the way we think about ourselves. And when we retrain how we think about ourselves, it makes an indelible difference and how we move through the world and relate to other people. So affirmation is important. And so is visualization. I have engaged in the process of visualization over the last six to eight months. Um, And when you practice visualization, it's just getting an image in your mind about where you desire to be. And seeing it in your sanctified imagination with so much detail and with so much intentional energy that for a moment, it is your reality. And then that moment becomes another moment and another moment and another moment. In the Christian tradition, we have often talked about God's use of visions to show us what we can't see in the natural. And even Habakkuk was like, write your vision and make it plain so that a runner might receive it and run on with it. You know, people do these vision boards because sometimes people do have to see it to believe it. And so visualization is another one. Writing in a journal, practices of reflection is uh, a great spiritual discipline. And one of my favorite spiritual disciplines, singing songs of praise. And I love a good hymn and I love a good praise and worship song. Now, this is like one of the irony of, of my life. It is very, I am very clear that I follow Black Jesus, but Y'all, like, I love me some Hillsong and some Elevation (laughs) worship. I, hey, I have had a very interesting relationship with Christian contemporary music. I don't listen to all of it, but there have been some selections that have just been really, just have blessed my spirit. Oceans by Hillsong. Um, came to my rescue by Hillsong, Bullness by Elevation Worship. Some of these songs have just blessed my soul and are on my praise and worship playlist. Um, but if I had to like name a favorite 
my favorite of all time artist who sings the songs that just will always get my spirit right is Fred Hammond. <laughs> I love Fred Hammond, especially like 90s Fred Hammond, like The Inner Court and The Spirit of David. Those, oh my God, pages of life. Oh man, you are the living word. No weapon. Jesus be offense. Draw nigh. Promise keeper. Holy, holy, holy. Oh my God. One day I'm going to write Fred Hammond a letter and I'm going to just tell him, brother, your music has just blessed my life. And so just some good music, some singing, some, all of that is also great as a spiritual discipline. So spiritual disciplines, that was that. The next uh, piece that I want to recommend is silence and solitude. Not that these are not spiritual disciplines. However, um, I just think that silence and solitude are so important that I wanted to kind of hone in on uh, on them specifically. Uh, I think that we uh, are living in a day and age where we're very, we've become conditioned to having a lot of noise around us. And spiritually, there's a lot of noise is not sustainable. Um, the voice of God is often described as a still small voice. Um, our inner voice is often described as being heard through s- silence. That's how Mary and Wright Edelman described it in that uh, in that quote. Howard Thurman once again talks about the sound of the genuine as being heard through. Um, Silence, solitude. I mean, in in Thurman's words, how good it is to center down. Um, and it's very um, important that if we want to be spiritually well, that we've got to get away from some of the noise sometimes. And yes, I know like it would be fabulous if we would all be able to just go on some silent retreat at some, you know, retreat center. But that's not always possible. And so even if it is for five minutes on Monday, 10 minutes on Tuesday, 15 minutes on Wednesday, 20 on Thursday and what or whatever, I am going to dedicate some time to silence. It's a beautiful thing. You can hear all kinds of new things in silence. And it even just creates just a feeling and a sensation of of peace around. Just to just walk in silence, take a walk in silence, or you know, wash your dishes in silence without the music or the podcast playing, or to just even decide I'm going to turn my phone on airplane mode and read this book in silence. (laughs) Um, It has a refreshing and restorative sort of um, effect. And when you couple your silence with solitude, um, which is the, uh, the feeling of being, which is the experience of being by yourself, when you don't have to perform, when you don't have someone else's expectations to meet, when you don't have someone else to entertain, when you can solely tend to 
your interior life, your spirit, and get in God's face about what you need. That solitude and God is second to none, especially if your life is anything like mine. When you have to be on for most hours in the day and where you live and you work in a service and a servant type role where you have an understanding that most of my time is spent serving people, which means being around people, <laughs> talking to people. I mean, solitude is amazing for people like me who are introverts. <laughs> it's just a natural thing for me to just kind of want to be by myself. I've been that way since I was a child and I you know, fully intend on staying that way. Next, we have conscious content consumption. That's the next strategy for spiritual wellness is being conscious about what content we consume. And now I know that a digital detox is not always possible again, but what is possible is that we can become more conscientious about what we take in in terms of our media consumption. News media, that's social media, that's books we read, content that we read, um, being just really intentional to take in content that is positive, that's spiritually uplifting, that has um, an effect of refreshing and reviving our, our, our spirits. Again, music, of course, like finding some music that feeds the spirit. Sometimes you just need a song about God's goodness. But, you know, I'm not mad at some good kindred in the family soul. I'm not mad at some good India Ari. I mean, being able to identify the ways that there are tons of other artists that are um, singing about life, singing about the lived experiences of Black people and Black women and, and doing it in positive, uplifting, some Jill Scott. I mean, there's some artists out here that... I just, I, when I need to get my spirit right, I'm going to that music, some books and some reading material. Again, the book that I read that quote from was actually gifted to me. And please excuse my sniffles, y'all. My allergies be on 10 in Atlanta. Um, the book that I read from was gifted to me um, by one of my colleagues at Spelman, Dr. Gloria Wade Gills. And she is the editor of this volume called My Soul is a Witness. African-American women's spirituality. And um, ever since she gave this book to me, this it just goes with me everywhere. Uh, it is full of all kinds of poems, uh, novel excerpts, essays, reflections from Black women across the spiritual spectrum. Um, there's Christianity in here. There's Islam in here. There are African traditional religions from writers like Maya Angelou, Tony K. Bambara, Lucille Clifton, uh, Rita Dove, Bell Hooks, Toni Morrison, Bernice Johnson Reagan. I mean, she's got the cream of the crop of some of our writers and my soul is a witness. And it's not, it's not a super technical read either. You know, there is just some beautiful spiritual value in just being able to read the words of Black women who get it and who understand like words have power and they can bring us through and pull us through and bring us over. 
So uh, I'm also still, you know, I, I'm still a fan of scripture. As a preacher, I, I know like I've got to remain rooted and grounded in scripture. I have at this point developed uh, a, a hermeneutic and reading techniques to be sure that the Bible stays um, a, a devotional source for me as as well as something that I critique and exegete for my professional line of work. I have a, a podcast, like a mini podcast episode coming up called Show You Right Scriptures. And they're just some scriptures that I call on to remind myself that the God I serve is big and amazing and um, always comes through on her promises. So that's coming up. Some more content consumption. Podcasts. You know, there's some really awesome podcasts out here that are that are spiritual and informative and funny and all kinds of that just do my soul so much good. And so a couple of my recommendations is Truth Table uh, with these three amazing, amazing black women. I, Christina and Akemene, and um, I forget the third person's name, but they are such a perfect combination of wise and funny and intellectual. And they take modern uh, and contemporary world events and they look at it through scriptural lenses and they all just have these distinct personalities and they shine through on the show and it's so good truth's table they had this one episode recently called black church isms had me absolutely rolling i loved that that episode Another podcast that I love is called Black Girl in Ohm by um, Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. I love that show. Um, I love the variety of themes that they cover. I love their, again, like their sort of balance and personality and voice. I love their some of their guests that they've had. Um, and they're just pretty real. Like I love, you know, on one episode, you might get an episode on manifestation and the next episode might be on body image and the next episode might be on sex and sexuality. Like They keep things really fresh and I really enjoy that. I love Super Soul Sunday by Oprah. I love homilies by Richard Rohr. I think his sermons, are, they, they're pretty provocative. Um, you know, he, he's, he's got a different sort of understanding of Jesus. And, and, you know, he recently wrote this book called The Universal Christ that I have started to read. I don't know that I agree all the time with Father Roar, but I know that I find his words powerful and refreshing. And I love to be provoked to think about my faith in different ways, especially in ways that support my spiritual fluidity and support my capacity to hold and to love and to minister across lines of religious difference. And he does that for me. I enjoy listening to uh, T.D. Jakes' Potter's House podcast. He's... Um, T.D. Jakes can preach. And, you know, just even as a preacher who is constantly practicing my craft, I like to listen to preachers 
um, to keep me inspired and to keep that part of my brain alive and functioning. And so I, I enjoy listening to that. Another podcast that I love called the Iconic Womanhood Podcast by my professional coach, um, Ekene. And she um, has launched her podcast and it's just so amazing because as my coach, I know like she is an, an amazing and incredible, insightful, wise, earthy, soulful woman. And so I love that she's created this podcast to distill her her wisdom and her content to a massive audience. And I know that once this, once her podcast really takes off, it's going to be a game changer for a lot of people. So I recommend her podcast and also this other podcast called Modern Faith by this girl, Nichelle Gidry. Have you heard of it? <laughs> um, I really enjoy being very conscientious and very intentional and caring to ourselves by, um, consuming things that are good for us. You know, sometimes you just got to turn off the news and I don't say be apathetic. I don't say detach from the suffering that's going on in the world because I don't think that that's an option right now for people who actually care about their citizenship and actually care about people. But what I am saying is that Everything has to be in its place. And so for as much time as you take consuming the news, we should also take that much time listening to something good. Because we are what we take in and inevitably what we take in will come out. And so if we want to be light bearers, if we want to be light workers, if we want to be healers, if we want to be the kind of people who... Um, represent a different way of being human in this era of evil. We got to take in some, some, some good stuff. You got to take in some nourishing content. Another, uh, uh, tool, I guess, for spiritual wellness is being selective about who you spend your time with. I find it incredibly just amazing. When I think about how the quality of my life increases, when I give myself the gift of quality time with people who feed me, I have a few people in my life who I know whenever I'm with them, there's going to be a sense of, of joyfulness, laughter. There's going to be some sense of mutual feeding and receiving and giving, there's going to be a sense of inspiration because they think in a great, uh, in a way that isn't so conditioned by the difficulties of life. Their perspective is, is high. Their optimism is high. Their vibration is high. Their spirits are, are good. They, they give, um, a sense of, Everything's going to be all right. My niece is like that. Every single time I see my niece, we are both just like, Auntie Shelly, Sloan. And it just does something to my spirit. My best friend, we talk almost every day. 
my father, we talk almost every day, my girlfriend, Rashonda, my girlfriend, Brittany, like we, these are people in my life who I, I keep really close to me because there is an experience of being able to be authentic and being able to be myself and to be whole um, in their presence. And then there are those who just don't do that. And I have had to create distance to be able to, to, to stay spiritually well, you know, and it just really is what it is. Um, so being intentional about who we allow ourselves um, to be around and who we give um, audience to and who we allow to speak into our lives and into our spirits is also very important for our spiritual wellness. And lastly, I'm circling back to this physical component to underscore just how um, integrated we are. We are not just bodies. We are not just brains. We are not just spirits. We are all of these things. And all of these aspects of ourselves are deeply entwined and deeply connected. And when we attune to one in some way, shape or form, we are also attuning to the other. And so let me not undermine the importance of taking care of our bodies as acts of spiritual wellness especially when it's time to be gentle with ourselves. Maybe you are going through a hard situation. Maybe you are going through uh, a some trial or tribulation, child. I don't know. It is important to be gentle with yourself and go attune to your spirit via your body. I mean, go get a massage, go do some yoga. I mean, go get some Reiki. I mean, allow some healer's hands to be laid upon you. I mean, fasting, if you feel like you have no sense of direction. I mean, fasting, because as Jesus said, some things only come out through prayer and fasting. If you need to hear from God about something or if you're seeking some clarity about what to do or what not to do or do I stay in this relationship? Or, you know, do I apply for this job or do I relocate to start over? Fasting is a great way to increase our attunement to God's voice. A hot bath never hurt nobody creating atmospheres of comfort. Um, one of the things that I do at the end of every day is I, you know, turn my lights off. I light a candle or two. I put on some relaxing music and it signifies to my body and to my brain and to my spirit that we've come to the end of the day and it's time to turn off. And it creates an atmosphere where I can, my, I can ease my body into rest. That serenity is just so important. And I know for a fact that the world doesn't give that to us. We have to do that for ourselves. And the other thing that we have to give to ourselves, and this is probably one of the most important strategies for spiritual wellness, is we have to give ourselves rest. 
We have to stop. We've got to unplug. We have to say no to what we don't need to do. We've got to lay our bodies down. So whether your rest involves taking a long nap or going to bed at eight o'clock at night or going to go be with your grandmother or with your best friend or whether it means taking a road trip to take a hike and get into nature or go to be near a body of water or reading a book that you've read a thousand times but you know that every time you read it you make some new discovery and it feeds your spirit hello their eyes were watching god whatever you do to pause you got to give that to yourself Your spiritual wellness is in your hands. Your spiritual wellness is not in anybody else's hands. And so you've got to be the agent of your wellness. You've got to be the agent of your rest and your restoration. You've got to be the agent of your healing. You've got to be the agent that decides I'm going to go to God. Even though God's all around me, and even though I know I can go to God anytime, you've got to be the agent that says it's important enough for me to do this at least once a time, once a one time a day to go be with God. So here's to your spiritual wellness. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, I'll put the information to the podcast and the book and everything else that I have recommended in the show notes. So hopefully that it hopefully it will be helpful to you. Um, if you uh, have any comments or feedback or concerns, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, y'all, thanks for tuning in to this episode. And until next time, y'all, keep the faith. Mm-hmm.